Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 170. The cat has left the studio. Yeah. She was brought in against her will once and then returned of her own volition once. Did not stay long. No. We have a dream that someday she'll she'll plop her. She'll stay in here while we record at some point. At some point, yeah. Hopefully. But uh yeah, episode 170. Transparently we are recording earlier than usual. Mm-hmm. It's Thursday. This will still come out on Saturday, but we're recording it Thursday instead of Friday or Saturday usually. Um, just because things are busy. We're coming up to a week off of school and work for us, and you're heading out to your aunts and uncles tomorrow. And so we figured we better get this done tonight. So the lineup will change slightly. We won't be doing any discussion of Impact because I haven't watched it yet. I'll probably watch it, but not before we do this, obviously. No discussion. And uh, SmackDown hasn't happened, so you won't have any highlights or lowlights from SmackDown. But we'll still tackle AEW. I'll find a way to cope. Yes, yeah, so exactly. We'll still tackle AEW. I'll go over everything in NXT instead of just cherry picking just to make up for not doing any impact. So we'll make up a bit of time there. But I think and there's nothing to preview or review, right, in terms of pay-per-views? No, no, no. So that is, so. that's good news. We got a week off. And we just watched a little Suji wrestling Will Ospreay upstairs. Realized we have Fight TV on our cable package, or which I like, think I like knew. Fight, but... No, it was like Fight Network or whatever. But like, yeah, I didn't know that it was new. They played New Japan though. Yeah, they do from time to time. They got to fill a lot of time, so they put stuff on there. But we're about to switch cable providers, so I don't know if we still have the same package or what. We'll find out. But um, make it a big switch. Internet should be faster. Uh, hopefully, so that will be nice. Uh, so yeah, we've got a week coming, week off coming up, as I said, and we're going to check out some zombie wrestling, I think, on the Friday. I think I mentioned it last week. I haven't booked the tickets yet, but I will. I think I know we talked about it already, and then I think it was before we checked my schedule. Yes, and now you for sure have Friday off, so we could go to that. Yeah. It should be fun. And I don't know what else we're going to get up to, to be honest with you. We'll see. Um, oh yeah, we're going to Peterborough on Saturday to see, to see Cousins. Oh, we are? We are. Wait, I think what? You don't work, right? Um, what? This Saturday? Yeah. Like two days from now. I'm in. I'm at. But aren't I going to. We're going to pick you up on the way through on Saturday. Sorry, people. Okay, this is all makes, happening in real that time. That makes sense. That's what I thought. Because it's on the way. I think that's what's happening, anyways. Okay. So that'll be nice. Unsure about that. Some cousins we really like. So. Yes. With young kids that are fun. Just talking about it. Because uh, he was. He sent me a picture of the GCW flyer because they're in Peterborough. Yeah. Where, where uh, GCW show may be. Yeah, they they go up there, so we may check that out at some point. That was November, right? Yeah, I think it was November 19th. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, nothing really exciting for me to banter about, I don't think. I don't know what's new and exciting with you. Made the honor roll today. That was cool. I guess. Yeah. that's uh, Has that happened every semester of your high school life, I think? Yeah, I think so. Consistent. Smart, consistent boy you are. I don't know. It's it's boring. I know. It's be get you out of period one, got you yeah. some free food. What that's was, that's all it's good for. What for was me. the Otherwise, food? Otherwise, I'd skip out. It was just like a bunch of dessert stuff. It was dessert stuff in not, the morning at like nine. No, it wasn't as interesting as last year. I feel like last year there was more like there was like melon and crap like that. Which yeah, is, I like. I'm gonna sneeze. I think I'm gonna try and use our fancy mute button. Hopefully, I remember to turn it back see on. If that actually works. Oh we'll yeah, because we hopefully we don't. Uh, when next time we do the no, actually that wasn't the theme one. I don't know why I'm thinking of that, but I forget why we muted, but we did. And it no, forgot you, you to were showing it. me that, and then it was. I oh forget, yeah, I just forget what the trivia was though. I don't even remember. We're not going to the audio again this week yet, but I will no, come back. That's to That's what it. I thought it was, but I don't think it was that. I can't remember exactly what it was. 
But anyways, I don't know. You got anything else to discuss? I want to get this party started. I don't think I have anything interesting. All right, so let's move into our first segment where we take a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. Okay, ratings on uh, not head-to-head week. We'll see how things went. NXT averaged 798,000 viewers, so that's down 134 Still really, really good, though, and a 0.23 in the key demographic, down 23.3. So, yes, obviously a significant dip from last week, but that was, like, all-time. Because they loaded up with a bunch of bullcrap. They did. It's um, So, these numbers for NXT this week are still the fifth and fourth best numbers of the year in each category, respectively. So, good numbers. Close to 800,000 is good for them. Dynamite was 901,000, so that's really good as well. Up 48% and a 0.31 in the key demo, up 19.2%. So second largest audience total since July 19th. And a really strong rebound from last week. Obviously, they were just over 600,000. So the percentage looks huge, but it's because they switched weeks and went up against, as you said, a stacked with legends who other people than us care about um, episodes. Mm -hmm. So pretty good numbers this week for both shows on back to sort of their normal settings if you right. will what you got i got the top 10 for the women's 250 for the pwi so I oh, you got the, the top 10 the, okay the 250 um we'll go from 10 to 1 see yep. how many you can get um i'll I'll give you the promotion at least i i guess we can start i'll with that. try um, number 10 is from impact impact perrazzo uh no uh i'm trying to think who had title uh jordan grace yeah okay uh number nine is nwa Oh, there's uh, only one option, really. Oh my goodness, Latimer's girlfriend. Who uh, is? You know, don't I know? Because I used to watch the show. <laughs> one, one name. Yeah, come on, you know it. Uh, I do know it. I want to tell you, but like, I feel like you're almost there. Uh, that's not. I don't know. It's Camille. Oh, Camille. I was gonna say Chloe. I couldn't get yeah. Chloe out of my mind. Um, number eight's AW slash ROH. Uh, Athena. Mm-mm. Um, AEW's similar ethnicity, maybe R O H Willow. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Top 10. Um, nice. Willow. Yeah, number seven is Impact again. Impact better than Jordan Grace, not Deanna now. It is Deanna. Okay, yes. Um, number six is AWROH, mainly ROH Athena. Yeah, okay. Number six is Athena. Um, number um, five, Stardom. Uh, Tam Nakano, because I like Tam. Know I know that. Tam Nakano. Okay. Um, AEW number four, AEW, not Jade. No. Okay, good, because that would have made me nervous. Um, someone inactive now. No, it's not Deeb. Who's inactive right now? That was a big deal last year. This year. Oh, uh, Britt Baker. No, close. Close. Very oh, close. um, Hater. Yep, Hater's Duh. number four. I forgot all about her. I apologize. Uh, I know. She's uh, awesome. number three is WWE. Main roster. Bel Air? Yep. Nice. Um, number two, stardom. Uh who's big deal over there? Only one I would know recently. Oh, um Mercedes? Mm-mm. Julia. Oh, Julia. Yes. Yeah. Uh number one is WWE main roster. Number one, Becky Lynch? Mm-mm. Whoa. Think not, uh, bed, better not, year. Not Charlotte. Rhea Ripley? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. 
I probably I, I did shockingly well. Can we just take a moment? Yeah. I did shockingly well, other than forgetting Camille's name. For yeah. me to not guess a thousand before each one was pretty good. I would like well help said it's all recent. And the and you gave me the promotion helps. Yeah. Um see I could run the trivia. Nonetheless. I, I still have your weird trivia thing. I yeah, you gotta to... do that. That'd um, be a fun episode. Yeah, and like I feel like Belair could have made a case for number one as well, but yeah, a Ripley's been huge recently. That well, I just feel like because Belair had that long title run that she only did ended a couple months ago. Like, I feel like that would be a lot of wins and whatever, and a lot of big matches. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I guess Ripley also won the Rumble, but that's true. I forgot about that. Forgettable. Yeah, because that was also Cody finishing the story, and then apparently he's like annoyed or like annoys him about how that's become a meme because well, it's I his mean, fault. I it s- is. I say he switches to end the fairy tale. And the, oh, nice. something like and that. just keep changing it yeah. as he keeps not getting anything done. Conclude the narrative. Right, exactly. Control your narrative. Control your narrative. Mm. Uh, Control your exodus. Two sort of injury updates that come into play this week. Sammy Guevara was uh, not cleared to compete on Dynamite. It was in his hometown, I think, or something, too. Anyways, he because he Weren't tweeted they in Toledo or something. He tweeted something about next time he's there or whatever. Um, still recovering from a concussion from Wrestle Dream. Had a setback. Apparently, was not on the show. And then, slightly less important, Jakara Jackson is out of the women's breakout tournament. That is incredibly rude, sir. You put some respect on her name. Did not see why. Just said not due to not being medically cleared. So nothing more specific. I than that. saw that. I just saw them put out. Uh, her and Lash Legend have their own theme song separate from Dar. So. Nice. She was replaced by Brinley Reese. Ooh. Who has a background in tumbling and acrobatics? Oh, they need to stop from Sacramento that. State University. A horrible name, horrible. Um, B they need to stop with that. Those tumbling people, acrobatics, like, tumbling, gymnastics. Stop. stop it! It's the football and amateur wrestling of the of women's w- division. Women, they love like I swear it's like volleyball or that. Former fitness models was their favorite before. Yeah, but nowadays things have changed. Yes, they it's have. like they were forced to change from that. Like they were forced to change from big steroid guys yeah two actual talented wrestlers yeah uh, what else you got um speaking of things being forced to change um oh. vince obviously he lost say on creative now being triple h i saw that triple h challenge but now he's also lost say on because i forgot about this but he's got that upcoming netflix documentary or yes. whatever it is uh he does not have say on what makes the final cut yes uh netflix will have the final say now and he can only view clips so hopefully this results in a more uh truthful right and i know the like Bill Simmons is the guy doing it, so I've listened to his stuff forever. He's just a big sports fan and likes wrestling as well. Yeah, so I, I am will, also kind of curious. I, I, I would probably check that out. I'm just hoping it's, it's somewhat accurate. And I saw that Vince is not really having much influence right now, and it's partly because that they were basically like, "Well, Triple H is literally that's his job, so why are you there with two people?" Sort of thing. So it seems like he's backburnered, which is a good idea which is always good yeah uh, i just thought i'd run down halloween havoc night one card which is just the episode of nxt that they're sort of loading up so we're gonna get um becky lynch versus liar valkyria for the nxt women's title they put a lot of uh effort into this one this week the last couple weeks um built it pretty well i thought gg dolan versus blair davenport um i won't reveal in a lights out match in a lights out match because we'll get to it on uh, nxt which, they did spin some wheels and make and, some deals and which is annoying because you're supposed to do that on the show and right. also because their lights out match will pale in comparison um yes it definitely well i mean who knows it could be amazing but Wasn't i did the last one like stratton and wendy chew and it looked all weird it was weird 
Uh, NXT Women's Breakout Semifinals. So we get Carvin, Carmen sorry, Petrovich versus Lola Vice, and I'll talk about each of them. Well, they wrestled this week on NXT. They're, what, quarterfinal matches, I guess. And the other semifinal, we'll see Kalani Jordan taking on Ariana Grace. Uh, Lewis King makes his in-ring debut. Who? Uh, Pillman Jr. Lexus King. Lexus King. King. I was like, Lewis. who? Lexus. And Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James in a Devil's Playground match. Which means what? Refresh me. False can anyway. Okay. Um, that was I remember the first time they did that was that was Priest and Gargano, and I think that was when Theory joined the way. Yeah. Um, back at the first Halloween Havoc. That is a while ago. Flashback, yeah. And the only other one is I I guess might be the main event if it's not the probably the women's I don't know, but uh, NXT Tag Team Championships, Tony D'Angelo and Stax. I am giving some spoilers from NXT, but I figure you know by now. Uh, they're taking on Chase U. Yeah, I'd bet on the women main event that one. So I mean, actually, sorry, I should clarify the women's title match because I don't think I want Kiana James or Gigi Dolan's match main eventing. I'm not a stacked card like the Lynch match. Yes, I want to see the no, tag team championship. Like, whatever. Like the second week will have Dragonov and Mello and stuff like that. I will watch Dragonov and Mello three. Of course. Although it would bother me a little if they're big blow-off matches on tv yeah as unless they gave it the time it deserves because then that's that's a little different they might because the breakout f- semifinals will not be long those most of those well the, the when, talent they're not ready the men, to go long mellow and Dragonov would be the next week though right because it's oh that's two. right right Sorry. so but like as i'm saying like they could do like maybe do like if you have two hours you get like three other matches and yeah. then you give like a beefy amount of time to the, the rubber match because then i'd watch it because it has to live up to the first two at least somewhat i hope so mm-hmm. uh what else you got uh last one i have was uh tony khan alleging ca- contract tampering from wwe uh mm-hmm. with swerve and regal yep i saw that they were and i saw like those were kind of taken personally by him just because of the i think it was like he found out about that or something it was like due to the timing of his mother in the hospital or something like yes, that. yes that's right um and I guess Regal, they got back, but um, Leswerve, they missed their shot, so yep. you don't get a second chance. And he's killing it, as we'll get, get into. Chance. Yeah, if I'm Swerve, I'm not going anywhere, but they, they missed their shot with him, so yep. as far as I'm concerned, that's far gone. Uh, turns out maybe I owe NWA an apology, because I was kind of, remember they are like, oh, two TV deals, blah, blah, blah. Um, apparently, they did sign two deals with the CW. Um one of the two deals is for the right step. But stat. that's the same network. I though. know. So maybe. So I... there's kind of a caveat there. True. So NWA Power and the other would be a reality series based on what happens behind the scenes. Okay. Okay. So So nobody, very few people watch Power. So how many are going to watch a Power behind the scenes spinoff? No, but like, so here's the thing. AEW did that and I love AEW and I still don't Could care not, about didn't that. see a second of it. Um. So the fact that they think I want to watch that with NWA is funny to me. Billy Corgan claims claims CW is a top 20 network, but as a sheltered Canadian, I have no idea what it is. Um, I think they had the Arrowverse or something, you know, like Stephen Amell. Oh, yeah. They had the Green Arrow. I think that was the CW. I don't know. But that was like five years ago or something, or like six years ago even. Like, I don't know. That was... You know, maybe like eight, six, seven years ago or something like that. It was a while ago, right? So that doesn't, I don't think they're really at the forefront of anything right now. No. Especially just because who cares about TV networks now? And apparently the new era, they're in the production upgrades recently 
were in anticipation of that. Haven't noticed, don't care. EC3's your champion, I've been, I don't care. I've been checking out a few minutes here and there. It's not really holding my interest. I'm like, I'll turn it on, and if it's... And I, I don't really stay for long, so it's not no, yeah, doing a great let, job. Let's watch EC3 and Tom Latimer. I told you I was excited when I saw this news, and that was that Serena Deeb was reportedly I backstage saw, yeah. at a recent AEW. I think it was Collision. The, uh, Fightful saying she was backstage at Collision. And it's said to be the first time she's been spotted backstage in, year. over the last year. So reports like I didn't see these surfaced last month that Deeb's absence was due to her having a major disagreement with management. I think that's partially that and some sort of injury too. It's kind of yes. like a two-pronged thing. So she told people that she'd been dealing with an injury and she hadn't been on any other indie shows or anything during that time. And she's fantastic. I did not know how good she was until I saw her in AEW and she's awesome. She would help that division um, instantly. I would say she should beat Cheetah because they have history, but I think you have to wait to uh, cause I'll kind of talk. I mentioned it in my notes, but like Cheetah needs a decent run this time because her second title run was a total wash. We learned one thing about her this week, so that's something we talked about. That we'll get there on our dynamite review. We learned something. If you one can thing, call it. Like if you if you can thing, call it that, yeah, which is infinitely more than we knew. I think pretty much. Uh, some cool news from the world of wrestling. Good news, which sometimes isn't that common. Kofi Kingston opens a library and computer center in Ghana. Oh, nice. It's, it's called Click for Quality Education Foundation. So it's done its first one in his birthplace, Kumasi. Kuma, sorry if I pronounce it wrong. <laughs> Kofi, I know you're listening. In Ghana. Um, the foundation was launched by him and his mother a year ago with the mission to build top quality computer labs and library media centers for junior high schools across Ghana especially in underprivileged areas. So really cool. He seems like a good Very dude, nice. right? Yeah, yeah. So um, that's nice to hear. Especially coming from there, right? Yeah, that's that's nice. The last thing I have, I told you, I didn't tell you the specifics, but Brian Danielson um, came out last week after last week's Dynamite. Very impressed with Swerve Strickland. He told, as he should be, he told Sports Nightly, quote, last Tuesday was the first time I had ever been in the ring with Swerve. I'd watched him wrestle before and he's that next level of great. Seeing, seeing him is one thing. Being in the rim with him is a completely different thing. But that dude is something special. Could not agree more. Coming from Danson, that's... That's a, that's a big compliment. Yeah, especially coming from Danson. And he's so right. Swerve yeah. is special, man. There's Swerve's no awesome. doubt. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully more for him. And... Yes. When we'll get there talking to him right now, or talking about him right now, because we're going to move into our in-depth review each week, and that is this past Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite. All right, tell me about the show we just finished before we came down here. Oh, yeah, we did finish it today. We did. Um, we opened the show with Switchblade J. White versus Penta El Zero Miedo. That made you happy. Penta Blanco. Yes, that's right. And the all white gear, which is pretty nice, actually. Love yeah, this that. is a cool matchup. Mm -hmm. Um, give me another Jay White match. I'd like to see very much. Maybe another one next week. I don't and know. I think you talked about it too with Jay White before you get into the match. The belt stealing thing that sometimes bothers us. It's because I don't know. This is different. He's he's not doing the I stole your belt. Now you need to come and get it back. He's doing like I stole your belt. Actually, I didn't steal your belt. I'm the champion. And he's just consistent about the fact that he's behaving like he actually is just like, because he knows it's annoying. I don't think he actually believes it. But 
to like I'm the actual champion and that's and MJF's not worthy of the belt and that's way more entertaining yeah I think well yeah he's just more entertaining about it in general than just I stole it come get it now I get a match against you because I stole your property it's like no I'm the champion technically speaking I'll give you a match MJF gave him the the match before and then he stole the belt yeah and now he's giving MJF a rematch for the title yeah so I quite I'm enjoying that as well I think it works I enjoy a lot. And then now Cardblade has a belt as that well. That was funny. Duct tape to his hand. Yeah, yeah. just like a, car- a cutout of the triple That B was cool. That's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, Penta dove over the top with a Topicon Hilo to Was that before out. the bell? I yeah, think? yeah, before the bell. He took out everyone except Jay White. Um, but then White caught a sling blade anyways. Uh, there's a neckbreaker from White for two. I hit the front transfer suplex into the turnbuckles for a two count. Uh, Penta to Tope later to Switchblade. Uh, there was a chop exchange, and Penta took off like the vest. He did, and he's always to make it fair in summer. better shape than you think. He's always in better shape than I think. It's just because like the vest adds some like heft yeah. to him, but like he's and always... you're like, is he? You if a lot of times people are wearing stuff like that to cover something up because they're not in the best. But he's shape. like totally. He's in yeah, he looks fine great. Shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's like this spinning DVD kind of move from Penta for two, which is really Looked cool. awesome. And I that's the one I have. I think I made a note. Not even Excalibur knows what to call the driver thing Penta just did. Yeah, it was crazy looking. And then White hits his Yurinagi, which is, always just looks fantastic. Like he just does it yeah. better than everyone else. It's just he's got like a bit of spin on it, a bit of like oomph on it. It's it's really nice. Um, Penta blocked a Blade Runner. Uh, then he connected with Main Japan uh, for two, which looked, looked good. really good it actually. Did. Yeah. Uh, finish came in Austin Gunn distracted the ref. Juice got a quarter full cheap shot on Penta, allowing White to hit a Blade Runner and pick up the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick post match promo with White saying he's a truly elite world champion, unlike MJF. He asked if MJF's thinking about a generous offer to get the belt back for like the eight man tag or if he just can't find anybody. Uh, then Juice gets on the mic saying tonight in the main event he's going to win the Battle Royal and he talks about they're going to take his ring and pawn it off. And Austin says, if you're not down with that, they got two words for you guns up. Yeah, um, so there was one spot in this member where White tied Penta's mask to the ropes and it and immediately it, yeah, came untied. It just didn't stay tied. And they tried to say the ref untied the so The ref like, didn't touch anything. No, the ref did not do anything. So that was kind of funny. So an entertaining, I thought, strong opening match. I'm going to nitpick it because it was like all Penta, man. He he. Re- this felt like it was showcasing him. Um, and I don't know, I would have liked Jay White to look a little stronger heading into a title match. Uh, like no offense to Penta, but not exactly a main eventer. And he kicked the crap out of your number one contender for like 85% of of your world champion. That correct. (laughs) But that context aside, it was interesting because Penta's stuff looked great, but like this guy needs to cheat against Penta. So I get that they're heels and they're going to cheat, but it was a lot of Penta in this. And I, yeah, for sure. Juice Robinson got a TJ Maxx chant going, right? Because I think he said his ring's better and I bought it for like whatever, 30 bucks at yeah, TJ Maxx was or like, something. I got this for like $19.99 or something, which I thought was kind of. I like the promo afterwards. Um, again, I think like the contrast between White and Juice, like, because White comes across as this calculated cerebral guy, right? And then and Juice, Juice Robinson is just, just a loose cannon, basically. A stray bullet. So I, exactly. So I think they work really well together. Really like the match. Kind of question. I don't know if it did Jay White any favors particularly, but it was a cool match. And Penta looked really good. So mm. a good start. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, I think that's a fair complaint, but I thought it was a pretty strong opener. It was. Um, both these guys delivered as I would have expected. Um, didn't think Penta was going to win here, but he got like a good showing. And White gets a quality win. Um, there was a nice chop exchange. That was hard hitting. Uh, both the finishers looked good. 
Um, Penta had that weird driver that was just really cool, just super out of left field. Yeah. Um, Post match promos are pretty quick, but I always enjoy both of them on the mic and their differences complement each other. They do. Their build club goals are just incredibly entertaining. Because sometimes you're in a faction, you're like, they're just making sure everybody gets there to say something or whatever, and it's kind of repetitive, but they're very different. So it's like, yeah, I want to see what you very has to different, say. but also the same. <laughs> like just like they're similar ways, just the way they all act and yeah. whatever. But like then they brought their own kind of ways as yep. well. Like, but yeah, they're Polko Gold are definitely my favorite thing going in. They're a good group for sure. Yeah, if Blackpool are kind of in the back burner now. Um Polko Gold in the, the factory, the yeah. you know. And the nightmare family. Yeah. Vicious Vixens. QTB. Oh yeah. So team, many good team Taz. So many big time factions. Um uh the workhorse. Outcast. No, not the workhorse. Oh, sorry. Oh, Trustbusters. We're horsemen. No, well, I was thinking of that, but then I was—I meant to say trustbusters. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of something else too. Oh, it was um, the wingmen. That's what yep. I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, with like Cesar Bononi and yep. uh, oh, Cesar Bononi, Avalon and them. That's what I was thinking of because I meant to say them, but then I said work horsemen because I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. Anywho, uh, we roll right into an MJF interview. Um, and he talks about last week saying he could have run down like every other good guy and gets ass kicked, but he's not because he's a scumbag. He says he's on commentary for the main event, which I forgot what it was. Uh, he's not going to waste his pop here. Uh, he says he hopes Juice wins the Battle Royal. Uh, and so next week it'll be Juice's left hand of God versus the right hand of the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, Renee asks for an update on Cole, but the acclaimed come in. Caster comes in and offers for them the team's MJF to get his belt back, and they can scissor after, which I love when they take that out of context. Um, MJF says no, and Caster suggests he enters the Battle Royal so he can win and take the ring from MJF, and, and MJF will have to put a ring on it, which I thought was kind of funny. And uh, MJF leaves. Yeah, so with Cole's injury, MJF's like... This was pretty much like a straight up baby face. Like, sure, you're saying you're a scumbag, but you don't really behave like one anymore so much. So I don't find it quite as interesting as the Cole, like, he's doing baby face stuff, but you know the heel's going to come out at some point. He well, can't he hide it. He needs something to play off of, right? Right. So and it's... now it just feels like I'm a baby face. And I still don't really connect with the acclaimed stuff that happened I don't, on the internet. I still don't somewhere. get it, but it's starting to amuse me. That's good. I'm still I think not it's kind of funny. super amused, but. I just thought for an MJF promo, this was definitely not a memorable one, right? No, it was solid, but yeah, it's and it's not their fault or anything, but it's like lesser MJF because he's not doing a heel promo. It's, this one was yeah, pretty. It's tame. not their fault because Cole, like the freak accident. No, no that for sure. It's definitely not as good for sure. I'm hoping they can find a way to work around it or at yeah. least get them interacting again. Yes, at the very least, because that otherwise, yeah, Cole's in segments every week, so yeah, ex- exactly, right. <sighs> Um, next we get Hikaru Shida versus Emi Sakura for in an AW Women's World Championship or Women's Woman World Championship or uh Women's. Yeah, if you were half of the women on this roster, yeah, Women's Championship, just one woman, champion of one woman. Yeah, well, one woman holds it, so That's right. potato, potato. I guess. Uh, eliminator match. Um, there's a brief pre-match package because it's like TJ versus Dune or something. What? I don't even remember that pre-match package. What? Who versus what? This. Oh, I thought you said two other names, and I'm like, what? Teacher versus student. Oh, okay, that's what you said. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing we learned that Sheeta was trained by Emi Sakura at some point, and that's literally everything I know about Sheeta. Other than she's Japanese, fighting baby, she's face. a good wrestler, and she's like, yeah, and she does this a lot. 
Yes. Um, so we learned something. Hopefully that's the start of learning a lot about Sheeta. But next time I need to learn who she taught. That's right. That'll be next. That's the next step. Like uh, bringing like, I don't know if she trained her, but I'm just thinking like bringing back Yuka Sakazaki. Mm-hmm. Yuka Sakazaki. There we go. That's what I meant to say. The That's wh- the little tiny one, right? Yeah, but she had like the, what was, like it was the something girl. Was it dream girl? Something uh, or like I know what you mean. Flying girl or no. something like flag air girl, little girl, tiny girl. You look, girl. you just talk. I'll look it up. Uh, wow. I, I was on a roll there. Auto completed. It's like Google knows I'm a wrestling person. As soon as I typed in Yuka, that's what I got. Or Yuka Sakazaki is just like really famous, you know? Could She's be. She's just like, who knows? Um, there's a strike exchange in this match. Um, she blocked running cross body with like a knee in the midsection. It was pretty cool. Uh, there's a nice tiger driver from Sakura for two. Um, she hit the katana knee, but uh, Sakura kicked out of one, surprisingly. Um, she hit a falcon arrow or a flacken arrow. Flacken arrow. For two. And um, she connected with the katana knee to pick up the W. Yeah, I like Emi Sakura. I love how vocal she is. Um, I think it helps her come across as more intense than the average woman in this division. Woman. Woman. And the I like the knee strike counter to Sakura's crossbody. I thought that looked really good at this one. But I thought this was quite a bit better than a lot of women's matches at on Dynamite. Wise. Yeah, I think Sakura is really good in the ring and interesting to me. She's like the... Very solid veteran gatekeeper for this division. I don't know how much she's going to win. I don't know how much she needs to win. But she can have really good matches with people. That's useful for sure. Um, and I thought Sheeta's finishing knee strike looked good too. I thought I liked this match quite a bit actually. It wasn't super long, but I was actually interested in the women's match on Dynamite. And that feels good. Um, Yeah, I definitely was a bit. But I think it was just like... it was better than most matches on one end and then it, it was basically the same on the other end because i thought the in-ring action was really good for a women's match but it just like lacks star power or lacks build or just like definitely no build any discernible characters or storyline just because like she does a little lack in the character department i feel like they need to kind of rebuild her and sakura it's not and like sakura, we know much about like, her either she's just because she used, she used to be doing the Freddie Mercury right. thing a long time ago, and now she's doing like this Dark Queen thing or whatever. And but like, there's no context for that whatsoever, right? It's yes. just we know she's like a heel. Um, and Sakura's pretty good. I just don't think she'll ever like do anything because she's just already kind of in that veteran stage, right? So like, the gatekeeper role works, but I feel like we just need more from like uh, we need this in ring action coupled with some better characters. If there's no build, like at least just some. Um, characters where we know what they're all about and just kind of like you yes. can craft some sort of mini story there other than student versus teacher like that's the most we got for like it is any reason for this match really right and eliminators don't like i feel like an eliminator would work better with some more context you know? yep with the just yeah she it's because they just try to eliminators randomly sometimes they I feel do like. they so, definitely do yeah uh magical girl that's the thing that's yuka sakazaki that is the thing yes yep um yeah good win for Sheeta, but they need to do more to feel this rain or make this rain feel like something definitely i don't want her just having like another random transitional run to someone else because right the, we, we said it last week like her legacy can't be like champion when we needed someone 
right? Like a good hand that we could give the belt when we didn't know what else to do. Yeah, it's only good to be champion when you when they need someone when you're Moxley, because it's like CM Punk, like that when they actually need someone, yeah. Moxley just picks the the ball and runs with it. Yeah, but like because he's cutting off some promos and doing amazing character work. Well, and, she does right, nothing. and he's having like sweet matches, and she does sometimes. But I feel like she it's also like. They're just hobtaining the title around. Like, I feel like the with Moxley, because he got the title at a necessity, whereas Sheeta, like, they're just getting into her this time and this time. It's yes. like, it, you have to actually, I feel like they have to actually make it worth her a while, right? I hope so. Because they're choosing, they're choosing to give it to her mm-hmm. all these times, right? Because Moxley, I feel like it's a different scenario, but like, if they're going to keep going to this well and they're going to, they her legacy, like you said, needs to be more than that yeah i agree um, and hopefully that we get there but we'll see because she had a long run her first title run tell a she story she needs a rival right? To, right and to have a rival we care about we need to know something about her which i'm saying we bring in serena deeb that'd be great but i want deeb to beat her so i want deeb like later in her title run so mm-hmm. she can get a rival in the meantime even if that means like revamping her rivalry with nyla rose or something which who who she be for a first title? That's totally fine as long as you make it worthwhile. I'm totally yep. okay with that. Me too. Or like I guess you you could revamp Hubert Baker if you wanted you could. to. Um, just like because I think Deeb should definitely get the the nod and just like you know give her something and have her beat Sheeta maybe early next year. Mm-hmm. But like Baker could get a solid program as Sheeta, um, Nyla Rose, um, and people not, love not the outcasts and people love Willow right like. They could, uh, they could do something with her. You could do a short-term babyface thing. Yep, I would do that. Um, next we get Renee sitting down with Edge because Jr. can only do one in the show. That's right. Um, Renee asked what's going on with him in AEW. He said he's still confused. He doesn't understand what's happened. He came here because he wanted to end his uh, career and team with Christian, and he sounded on board with that until it became real. He said he started replaying their relationship over the years. And he was talking about how they met in sixth grade. It's been nearly 40 years. Uh, he told some story about Christian being new at school. And they both they became friends because of they like pro wrestling. Pro wrestling yeah. And they did high school and college and whatever. Um, he uh, talked about their training, saying he helped Christian get going in his career. He said he got the dream gig. And he told everyone to hire Christian. Which, like, nobody does that. Like, because you're always looking out for yourself. So you're not going to bring right. in somebody else that you think is yeah. good. Because right. it's one more person taking um, your spot. He said Christian was the most underrated uh, wrestler ever. He said um, he never wanted to be uh, Adam and Jay or ENC. Um, it was never what he wanted. Uh, um, he mentioned that um, Christian said that he had a rocket strapped to his back. But it's not like that. Um, and Renee was talking about that the jealousy is, and competition is still kind of there with them. Yeah. And um, Edge was talking about why this kept repeating. He said, like, they're the godfather to each other, each other's kids or something like that. Um, and he was saying he doesn't want the TNT title. He doesn't want to fight Christian. He said eventually um, his pupils will turn on him and he, and leave him high and dry. Um, and he'll pick him up when he hits the ground kind of thing. Yeah, it was fine. And, like, Edge cuts a good promo. He's obviously polished and whatever. But, like... To me, how is the baby? Because obviously Christian's a heel. He's like a super mega awful heel. How is the babyface rationale? You're nothing without me. I made you. I brought you in. I I I like stuck my neck out for you. Blah blah blah. Like you owe your WWE run and all your money and all your fame to me. Sticking my neck out for you. Like I don't get how that's a babyface thing. I'm just like that doesn't make me like you, dude. You know you sound kind of like a jerk. So I don't know. It's 
it's Edge doing well, WWE style Well, it's weird because like, the, the right motif that you're talking about does sound heel, kind of like you're saying, but he delivers it in such a babyface right. way. So I, I don't that's know. Weird. It's just kind of... And that's the thing. He's really polished and slick. Um, it's going to take a while for me to get past that he just feels like a WWE guy was like cut and pasted into AEW. Pretty much. Yeah. It's just the radar So this was yeah. fine, but like... If you put this up against the work Christian's doing, it's nothing compares, I don't think. Yeah, Christian's definitely surpassed him in this day and age. Yep. Um, this was fine. Um, I like that they tried to make it feel real just uh, in the way he was talking about it. Um, and yeah, there was a bit of disconnect for me. I don't know. We'll see where this goes, but I'm more interested in whatever Christian does rather than me Edge. Too. I assume we'll eventually get them teaming, but um, I will... Always mourn the death of heel Christian whenever that day comes, because unless they go to cocky heel tag team, uh, I'm fine with that. No, I want Christian doing it, but I I don't think Edge. There's no room for Edge in there. It's Christian. No, he's, if he's they, got his learning. If training. they do have to go tag team, I'm saying go yeah, back to the I cocky. I would rather them just do the the sappy baby face run and get it over with. I guess that's, that's what they're gonna do on Collision, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> where we can ignore it. Yep. Um. The whole I won't find him thing has been done to death. Uh. Because we just had it with the Ray Mysterios. Dom, yeah. And I, I was more thinking Undertaker and Kane. That too. Um. Just because it's like Edge and Christian are brothers. And it's like, I won't fight him. I won't fight him. But I bet you will though. But I bet you will. You probably will. You yeah. know. Or they'll fight with him or something. We know. We all know it goes to a match eventually. Oh, this is fine. Um. But not like this is Edge and this is supposed to be a huge deal and this is I don't know I don't feel that for it right so I don't have know. Christian make fun of his family already yeah they need to. Um, next we got Wardlow again. Yay. Hooray! I love Wardlow. But he's facing a top star uh, at least. <laughs> Dolph said, "Oh no, it's Ryan Member." And remember, I'm like, "Oh, Dolph run and Dolph's gonna come and save his brother," but I don't think his no compete would be over yet. No. Well, oh right, because he got he released, was released. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so no, it would be. It no applies. Compete. Yeah. Um, one power bomb kills Nemeth. Yeah, that's how I wrote. Well, um, yeah. Sorry, go ba ahead. Basically, and then after the match, um, Shivani came down. He asked what Warlow's back for. Warlow shows MJF on his wrist tape. <laughs> Shivani, and I quote, "That says MJF." Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, and then he nudges Shivani out of the way and leaves. Brutal sell job by Tony. Like just yeah. bumps him, and he had to act like. And this was referee stoppage after one move. So that's a thing. We watched Chris Jericho take 900 moves from like or, six spine busters and three slams. Like, so that that like, kind of inconsistency always um, irks I'm, me with officiating. I'm just gonna go with my opinion verbatim here. Um, yep. I really like this. I know you did. No. Yeah. That's what I wrote. Yeah. I I can't imagine anyone wants MJF and Wardlow to run it back. Like how? No. Uh, there, there's definitely people to do. What are are there? What? Oh, because I was like, what's AEW thinking? I'm almost positive. I feel like we there's a very real possibility we could be in the minority here again. It can't be for the title though, can it? As a placeholder um, challenger, I guess. I would hope so because if he if no, or, he's not no, winning. If you do like, because he's kind of doing like he kind of seems heelish here. So if you do heel Wardlow and Baby Sam Jeff, Baby Jeff has that's to win weird. Here. I I hope like because. I hope it's just a revenge thing. So, like, he could just get, like, like let's say... Because if he wins the title... I swear to God, if Wardlow wins the title and they pass up on Switchblade, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I know you Because Switchblade's fantastic. Or, like, give the title to Swerve. Wardlow's not or, ready. 
No, he's in not. In many ways, he's not ready. In so many ways. His matches aren't fully polished, and his character work is as boring as anybody. Like, he's he's honestly... He's got the depth of um, most of the women's roster. He's like a... Pa- he's a serviceable big man. Not even that big. He's not that tall, but like I just think powerhouse. his general aura has regressed. Uh, for sure. Um, it I peaked just... in the MJF breakup. And then and then like even the first TNT talk when we were starting to doubt it, but then I thought like there was still a chance. Right? And now I just, I don't, I actively don't want him to do things. He's pretty one-dimensional. And if he's not playing he's off somebody as strong as yeah. uh, MJF, it just kind of is obvious. Right. And it's just like, well, and like when you can't book him as a monster, what can you do? Yeah. Like, I groaned. There's not a lot of range. I there. groaned when I saw his wrist tape. I was just yeah. like, no. Yeah, it's doom. Um, I am not thrilled about this whatsoever. Um, cool, I guess, but that was just nothing really. Um, next, uh, we got a Kenny Omega interview uh, with Renee, and he's talking about how his si- singles win loss record is not. Uh, the best, but he's the measuring stick in AEW, and Fletcher reminded him that. He said he's going to take out Fletcher, he's going to take out the Don Cows family, and maybe um, like revamp the Kenny Omega Bold and go for the title again. Um, MJF came in a frame, uh, saying he's a massive fan of Omega, and they uh, shook hands, and then MJF whispered in his ear, uh, 13 days, bitch. <laughs> uh, and then Omega said, we'll see about that. Um, in the moment, we didn't know what and, that meant. Yeah, no, I had the 13 day thing. You're like Halloween? Me. I was, yeah, I, I Googled, and I was like, <laughs> that's Halloween, but that's it was Tuesday. But um, Spooky. MJF has uh, at the time of Dynamite, he had 13 days until he clears Omega's. Yeah, they mentioned it later in the show. So that's just not that's now. Cool. Um, I thought Omega was solid though. I thought I thought the interaction was really cool because I don't recall them ever that interacting. Was my point. Too. I'm pretty. All, I'm pretty cool positive. It feels like the um, when Hangman and Mox are the feud. It's like they only interacted once. Yeah. In the entire time of Dynamite, which is pretty crazy. It's crazy that um. These two have never interacted. Yep. That's true, because that's it's been a while. But I'm also super pumped for Omega Fletcher. Yes, and I do like. I've said it on AEW before, where wrestlers have kind of multiple things going on, as real people do at work. Like you interact with many different people throughout your day mm-hmm. at your job. So I like that wrestling does that. Not everything has to be an angle. It can just be a passing thing. You know? Yeah. What no, I mean? this is simple. I like and. It. Um, that's kind. That was kind of scumbag MJF asked just because he's like, just because like, that seemed like kind of like the aggressive cocky MJF. Yeah. When he whispered, him, yes, it like, was a different tone from earlier. Definitely seemed sure. like the heelish tone. Yeah. Um. Next we get Cole and Roddy's bit again. Um. Cole gives Strong some coffee and Strong spit out and said he hated hot coffee. He um asked for Cole's uh PB and J sandwiches. So there's like a the slow mo montage of Cole making sandwiches. This was a bit absurd, I thought. <laughs> that was like that the slow mo bit to diminishing returns for me. Um, I thought it was funny when Strong complained about the crust though, just because he's still amusing me. He's still funny, yeah. I thought um, um, well my quote is uh, Ben with the bongos was enough kingdom for the week. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, then Cole left. Absolutely um, enough. Saying he needed to get surgery on his ankle. Um, Strong shouted Adam repeatedly, and so. Adam Cole left, um, and Strong said the be- the way to get his best friend back is to be nice to the scumbag, which I don't understand the logic there. I don't either. I guess we'll get there. I hope so. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Roddy's funny. Um, I'm just interested interested to see where what his angle is moving forward. Me too. Um, this was solid. 
I'm glad it seems like it's ending because the Cole looks dumber and dumber every week, right? As these two able-bodied dudes sit there and he does all this stuff. I think three weeks of this is like a perfect like little... And he goes from getting frustrated and like mad and going to leave to like more than happy to make a PB&J in like 20 seconds, which I get it's comedy and all. I guess because well, there's the history there, but... And I don't know. This one was a bit too dumb for me. I think Roddy's still funny, but I'm not. And I'm glad Cole left because... You can't keep going back mm-hmm. to this. Roddy's definitely still the best part of this. For yep. sure. Uh, next, Don Cow speaks. He said last week, Will Hobbs broke Jericho in half. Uh, Hobbs was talking about February 22nd in 98, which is supposed to be the greatest day of his life because he got to meet his hero, hero Chris Jericho. Um, he was talking about his grandma getting him tickets to a show, and uh, Jericho told his grandma and Hobbs to shut up or something. He said he swore that day he would hurt Jericho over and over, and he looked at Jericho, and he was lifeless, so he kept hanging with Spinebusters, and he loved it. Um, Kyle said the Hobbs has been told to ball up the hate and violence, but now Will has a new family. He said he told Hobbs to be what he is, and Kyle said uh, he's a 6'375-pound killing machine. He said he's not done with Jericho. He said they'll unleash Hobbs on AEW. He said they are undefeated in four months except for one match. Uh, he said he had to get a scab worker to come in. That was Kyle Fletcher letting him down. He said that Kyle screwed them. And then uh, Fletcher came down to the ring and got in Don's face. He said he did that match for Kyle as a favor because Osprey said Kyle was begging for him to do the match. Um, he said that he might have been the weakest thing in that match, but tonight he'll prove himself against Omega Solo. He said proved to everybody, especially Don, that he can beat Omega. Kyle said that he, if he beats Omega tonight, he may have an opportunity to discuss next week. Mm-hmm. And the painting was the Last Supper this week. I don't know if you're familiar with that, um, but yeah, because they had that on the Tron at Wrestle Dream yeah. too. I think. Yeah, I I don't think that Hobbs' story was true, and it didn't feel like the most creative thing because I don't I don't know. It definitely felt like the stretching the truth a bit. But it's he did a good job of selling it. I thought. Yeah, no, I'll t- I'll take it from Hobbs. And I mean. Again, why would he wait so long to hurt Jericho when they've been in the same company for years? It's like this huge boiling over rage. I just let it simmer for two years and never did anything until now. So it's not the most working your way up to Jericho. And yeah, until you can get a match with him, right? I guess because you want to do it legally or honor. No. So I I don't know. There's a few issues. It's not the most creative thing in the world, but nitpicking a little bit. I know. And I... I like the ratio of Hobbs to Callis here. Like, let Hobbs speak a little bit, but let, obviously, Callis do a ton. Yeah. And I really think they did Fletcher a favor by having him, like, immediately come up and stand up to Callis, right? Uh, I like that because I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. I like that because Like, immediately, also... like, no, no, I'm not. I'm coming out to stand in your face. It also even if helps you have guys with, the... with you. Yeah, and it also helps me with, like, the Empire, like, United Empire. They have, like, the loose connection with the Callis yeah. family and, like, because I like the notion that Osprey is kind of affiliated, but not officially in there. So that if he comes, you know, Empire can do their own thing, mm-hmm. kind of. But I like they kind of the loose affiliation. Uh, it also seems like we're getting back to Will Hobbs as the name. Which yeah, I they think said is it a couple times. Good. Um, Me too. I mean, I I would hope so, but that'll that uh, it makes will him, remain to be seen. It's humanizing a bit, right? That he actually has a name. Yeah. And it'll be kind of like the jungle. Maybe it'll be the Jungle Boy Jack Perry. You get Powerhouse Will Hobbs, and you, you can phase it out. <laughs> exactly. Um, or Will Power, you know. Will Power Hobbs. Um, Kals is good as usual. I'm glad we ended up hearing a little from Fletcher. I like that too. It just he seems to be getting a decent to spot here, and I feel like I'm hoping this is like Tony Khan seeing something in him because I yeah. definitely think there's something in him. I I 
really enjoyed him in the Cassidy match, and I love Aussie Open. His Danielson match was great. Um, I like the Omega match coming up. Um, so I hope Tony Khan sees something in him and or Aussie Open. I um, think they're kind of kicking the tires on Fletcher as a singles down the road, honestly. I would like that, yeah. And I, I was saying, like, I, I wrote in my notes, but I would really like him as a singles guy. But um, we need that Aussie Open run first. I agree. I, they're they're yeah, awesome together. They're scratching the surface of their tag success. You know, you need you need the Rockers run before you can have the Shawn Michaels, you know. And I worry about Davis if they do. Right. So I want I want them both to get their flowers. Me you too. Know? Gotta, gotta, get gotta their get those flowers. flowers. Get them yeah. flowers. Um, we roll right into the next match uh, as Omega makes his entrance. The only thing I didn't love about Fletcher coming out is no Aussie no Open entrance. theme. Yeah. And he wasn't winning, so no Aussie Open theme. And this is where Excalibur explains the 13-day thing to us, which was appreciated. Yeah. I saw it on um, Instagram in the time in the time being, but then we heard this, or I heard that, and I was like, yeah, we would, we would have figured it out uh, either way, thanks to Excalibur. That's right. Um, yeah, because his his nameplate still said longest reigning mm-hmm. champion. Um, there's some chops from Omega. Fletcher came in with a flying heel kick, uh, knocking Omega off the apron. Moonsault the outside from Omega. Patel dropped Rainbuster from Omega. Uh, Fletcher connected the half and half suplex, and Omega stumbled in the corner. Then Fletcher hit that running into Gary in the corner, which he always nails, and then he falls with the Brainbuster for two. It's a great combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fletcher lawn darts Omega in the second turn, and followed with his fantastic Michinoku driver for two. Looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Powerbomb followed by running knee from Omega for two. Uh, Fletcher got out of the one-wing angel, locked him in the Dragon Saber, but Omega escaped with a pin for two. Uh, V-Jugger turned uh, Fletcher inside out, and Omega hit a one-winged angel to pick up the win. Yeah, there was... Uh, they packed a lot into... I don't know how long this was, but they packed a lot of stuff into this. I thought this match was really, really good. Fletcher's really impressive, and honestly kind of reminds me of Omega when you see them both together. Like, really, really quick, stronger than you think, really crisp-looking offense. There were several like really awesome sequences in this, uh, a few by Fletcher and at least one by Omega. And Fletcher continues to show, right? There's a, a top single star in there, I think, because I don't think his promo works bad either. No, I, I like really his young. promo here. Um, I like whenever he, whenever he, he seems to be one talking for Ozzy Open, yes. at least, right? Like if there's no Osprey, he's the one speaking, which I think he usually delivers pretty solid. Yep. Like I, I always enjoy him, yeah. Huge future for this guy. Because mm-hmm. what's he like, 23, he's, 24 oh, or something? He's super young, for sure. Really like this match, and I'm I'm high on Fletcher like you are. Me too, for sure. Um, Sweet match, as I expected. Fletcher shows up once again, rounding out a really nice trio of highlight solo performances for him um, with the Cassidy match and Danson match that I already uh, mentioned. Kind of like... um. This is like his prelim year because like I feel like last year we were introduced to Takeshita. Mm-hmm. We had that match with Hangman and Moxley, like a few matches from him that we really liked on TV that got us up on him. And now this year he's really like he's rising up and, you know, obviously I'm loving that. You're loving that. Yep. And so hopefully maybe next year that's Fletcher's rise. Right. This is the year where he like he gets signed and he kind of shows out. Mm-hmm. And then next year, uh, whether it's Aussie Open or not, hopefully he starts to get better things. And hopefully... um. Osprey comes in and the United Empire can save the trio's division or something. And just another cool faction would mm-hmm. be awesome. Uh, United Empire would be killer. Um, Fletcher has some really fast and crisp stuff and yeah, strong, deceptively strong. Uh, he's really good on his own for a tag team guy. Um, I want that Aussie open success before he does anything though, just because you got to get that great tag run in the out of the way. Um, Fletcher deserves uh, great things in the future, but um, I just really want to see success for Aussie open too, Me just because. Cool. I think they're a fantastic tag team. It's great. It is seeing Fletcher succeed on his own. 
Um, in the meantime, as Fle- or as Davis recovers, he's the it's the Dante Martin scenario. You know? It is. It has been. Mm-hmm. Um, Omega's top tier for the usual. I don't have a lot to say about him because you only you'd only ever expect that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they matched super well together. This was really nice. Uh, super, it was super nice TV match. Um, next we got a really quick Dan House and I just like kept playing on like an old style TV looking ad. It was just and it was a I'm, very very evil, nice, very, very evil. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just like a reminder because he's been injured since Revolution. I had so. forgotten about him. It's been a while. And I'm sure. not as high on him. Like, I didn't really miss him, to be honest. No, it's just, it's definitely been a while. Uh, next, Lance Archer's back, uh, beating up a jobber. He throws him out of the stage like usual. Was he introduced as kicking him to the ring? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. I'm, I'm almost positive that's what they That'd said. That'd be pretty funny. In fact, uh, they may look. Chokes him from Archer, release suplex from Archer, step up knee in the corner, blackout, Archer gets the win. Um, this is fine. Doesn't help that the, we already had a squash here, so it doesn't help my Wardlow fatigue. Um, but it was cool to see again, I guess. But like, it feels like there's so many false starts with him that I just don't really care. And that's my my thing was, um, oh, and they did. Did you point out that they, it was a take two on a choke slam? So this kid Brown, I forget what his name first name was. Barrett Brown, I think he did the suicide dive, and you could see and commentary were even like. Archer got his hands up, so I don't know if he got all of it because he was trying to catch him for the choke slam, but he kind of missed it. So then they, the other Brown just immediately went right back in the ring and they did it again. Oh, I, I missed that. Um, so Archer looked dominant as he's going to here, and I just like my immediate thought is, who are they quickly building him up to feed to? Because yeah, I feel like that's, that's what his the, role, that's what they do. Right? It's just build him up quickly, have him lose to yeah, somebody. Yeah, he got built to lose to Mox. Re- he got built repeat. to lose to Hangman. He lost to Casty in his first run. Like right. I just don't expect much from this. I would like to see something from him, but honestly, I don't know if I really care to see him get a run because, like, it's been so long and nothing's happened for him. It's not like, oh, I hope they can do something with him. You know, at this mm-hmm. at this point, it's like I don't really care. I agree. Um, if they do something with him, great. If not, no harm done. I guess. Yeah. Like. I can't find. I swear I it said be know. kicking him to the kicking his opponent to the ring or something like that. I Makes can't sense. find it, but. Uh, next we swear from it. Gets advertised that him and uh, I think it's Flash Garments are dropping the video for his yeah, theme remix. Yeah, I told you it's gone on mainstream. YouTube. That's good. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Uh, music video, um, because I think yeah, it's Swerve's theme with or Swerve's song with the other guy. Yeah, and then the heel version is the remix, so they're doing a music video for that. So that's cool. I'll check that out for Swerve just because. Yes, Archer's introduced as kicking his opponent Barrett Brown to the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't love rap, but. It's Swerve, and I I actually do kind of. I I think it's catchy for sure. Obviously, it It has caught on. Um, they're in like some graffiti park in Houston. Um, so we're talking about Hangman saying he thought it was done in Wrestle Dream, but Page wanted to keep going because he's he cost him the title shot or whatever, which I Mm -hmm. think is funny because didn't not cost Hangman. Heel logic, okay? Yeah, I know. I love it. Uh, he issued a threat towards Page. It was something like um, it's not always you who pays the price or something like I think, and I'm thinking. Really cool, menacing last line to I like leave that. it on. I, I said, loved it. I said, kill Matt Jackson. Uh, don't know why I went to Matt Jackson, but kill him. He's the most likely to be sacrificed if they're if he's going after someone close to him. His back him, is right? historically horrible, and his arm is horrible as well. Yeah. Or maybe you go after... Actually, no, Dark Order doesn't even work anymore. Um, but Swerve sounds great. I was always glad it's continuing because we need more of this for sure. He's so good at everything. Just always believable. And even though he doesn't need anyone to speak for him clearly, the Nana Swerve dynamic works for me, right? Like that two of them together, I quite like. And this did, I this made this feud feel less random and more personal, right? Since Swerve has done a good job in recent weeks of like, it's all about his spot, 
right? right? And I want your spot and I'm going moving my way up the rank. So, and the fact that Paige robbed him of his spot, right? Of getting that title and becoming more prominent. That's what, and he's just sort of struggling and try to get his spot. So you believe he's actually pissed off about this and it makes, I'm totally fine with them running this back. Right. And I thought this helped. View it as Hangman kind of robbed him of his next Correct. spot up. Right. Yes. So I like that. Yeah. And honestly, I'll just take any excuse to get this again. And hopefully in the crowd, that's not where the dynamic. Bizarre. Yeah. That's just like jives because the match is really good, but I feel like it's forever tainted it was, for me yeah, just because like that, it'll always be forever tainted just because. Although I think Swerve's going to get cheers everywhere because he's just so cool. Yeah, but, but it won't be to I that think, degree, obviously. I think he can work it to get booze, though. I think he, he's good, good enough of a heel. He, is, he can he work around it. He's it's fantastic. Just, the hometown pop is, no, if they want to cheer you, you're not overcoming that, right? It's, yeah. It's inevitable. Um, Next, we get to hear Sting speak, which is always what I want. Oh, it's I like, forgot about this. Every week, I'm like, I want to hear from Sting. Yeah. Um. I'm going to try to super summarize because I don't care. Um, he was teasing, saying a word. He reflected on his career, traveling around with Luger, uh, the Steiners, Buff Bagwell. He talked about uh, Dusty Rhodes. He talked about Hulk Hogan. Boo. That got a lot of booze, which was really that funny. Which made me happy. Um, he mentioned he talked about Ric Flair. And Should have been booze there, too, for the record, because he's a dirtbag as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the main, like his first main event with him or something. Um, he thanked Flair for like uh, helping him get or like get on the map or whatever. Um, thank you, Sting Chance. Um, he said, I uh, used to wonder what made these guys come back decade after decade and what more they had to prove. Wondered, I wonder why Sting's still coming back, but I digress. Um, and then he starts talking about uh, retirement, how his first retirement didn't sit right with him. He didn't go out on his terms or something like that. He got buckle bombed to death or something like that. He See, did. Wardlow, that's a real power bomb to death. Spinal stenosis. Act, that's how you actually power bomb someone to death, okay? Yep. Or close enough, really. <laughs> Um, he said there's uh one key moment that speech that um well only from for sure is that that's for sure is nothing's for sure blah blah blah. Um, he talks about retirement. Um, he said that uh Revolution 2021 was his first match. His last match will be Revolution 2024. Okay. Um, that's cool. Um, it sounds mean, but um the promo's fine. But I'm happy because the finally time of long waiting has come. Revolution can't come soon enough. Yeah, I just. I- <laughs> I I I, res- I don't really care other than that. I I fought the compulsion to fast forward. Like I caught myself looking at the remote sitting beside <laughs> me because like I don't. He's paying. I don't think. I think I was half paying attention for sure. He's shouting out like horrible people. He's pandering to the fans, and I know I'm an insensitive monster, and you probably are as well. But this doesn't interest me. And this was a lengthy care. segment, and I just the thing that noise drifting is seeing like all the posts about like people getting sad about like Sting's retirement, like. Oh, it's finally happening. Like, dude, he's like 60-something. He should have retired like 10 years ago. I always like to compare it to other sports. I am not paying money to watch a 62-year-old in an athletic competition. Sorry if that makes me terrible. No, like... I don't, I'm good. I I haven't cared and about. I liked, I've liked Sting. I'm not a Sting hater in general. I haven't cared about his run since the beginning, so... No. It's, it's, time, just, it's time to wrap this up. We've talked about it. We want new, fresh talent, and that's the opposite of that, yeah. and you're just taking up and spots. My issue is, like, I don't think everything he's done this run was bad, but no. my issue is, like, it's constantly been chumping out other stars who don't deserve to be, be made to look stupid. Men of the Year got chumped by that. Remember, he wore that single the one time? That was at yeah. Men of the Year's expense. He made He's made Brian Cage look stupid on numerous occasions. Yep. Team Taz. And he no-sells offense. He no-sold a table spot from 2.0. He no-sells a bunch of crap. He 
Like, and like grown beats... men, multiple grown men will run away as exactly his music like he's chumping out entire yeah. factions. Like, I'm it's not great. Super excited for that to come to an end, just because like he's just taking up space for me. I don't. I have no desire to see someone older than the Hardys um, take up space in AEW and take spots from new guys or better guys, and also beat newer guys and better guys. Yeah. Um. I think Darby will survive perfectly fine without Sting. Yeah. Um. It's not like he needs to be rescued by a senior citizen every other week. No. So um. I don't care how much of the minority I'm in. Uh. This is news. Fine this by is me. Music to my ears. Yep. Um, next week, Tony Storm silent, silent film during the commercial break, and um, all I wrote was banana because she took a bite of a banana with the peel on. And chewed it up for a bit, too. Yep. So I thought this was funny. A, they're making me watch the picture-in-picture, picture, which I'm, I don't I do. think it's a great picture-in-picture picture gimmick because they used to do the Guevara sign mm-hmm. thing, and like, that was kind of mid. But like, I think this is really smart because picture in picture is always silent and the silent films perfectly fit her character so it's it's really perfect so i i gotta commend them for using the picture in picture break this way and i think, I think it's, it's sort really of fun sort of funny sort of funny <laughs> wow because she's playing this like movie star diva whatever whatever and so she writes a movie where she stars as the biggest movie star for a huge studio and all they want to do <laughs> it's, is, is it's pamper meta, her and yeah. offer her everything right yeah. so I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I like. I thought. I thought the film itself was fine. Like I thought that it was cool enough. But I just. I think it's a really cool use of the commercial break. It's just like, it's a neat little way to like, work her into the show, but also not like it's not really taking up time from anything because it would that would just be commercial space anyways, right? Like yeah. it's not. I feel like it's not really eating in anything. Nope. So I, I just think, don't I think it's know interesting. the legs this character has. No, right? like I don't. How do you long term? Although. Not to like make that comparison, but I would have said the same thing about Orange Cassidy, right? Like I don't, I probably did on this show. Like I don't know what the shelf life of this lazy whatever, you whatever. Said that. Right. So I don't think this is. I know Tony Storm's yeah. not Orange Cassidy, but it could have a longer life than I think. At yeah. Least, right. I'm not sure how long or where this will go, but uh, I thought this was still like I'm a creative it. use. This is the second time they've done this. I thought this was what worked better. In it's though. creative, and they're trying something with the women. So please continue. Yep. Um, JR sit down with Nick Wayne and uh Christian Cage's girlfriend. Oh, sorry, uh Nick Wayne's mom. I Nick Wayne's giant mom. She's an yeah, like sitting there when they do the wide shot, like JR I don't think is a tiny guy, and she dwarfs him sitting on those chairs. It's interesting. For she sure. yeah, that was my Nick Wayne's mom is a giant question mark. That was my very first <laughs> um, note. My note was Nick Wayne got the D bag face and posture down pack. Really good. Like just when like at the first part when his mom's reminds like, me of teenagers I know. Not you. I'm not saying you, but yeah. I do know a lot of teenagers. Like, she's pleading to him and like, you know, giving like yeah. bullish feeling. Like he's just like he's just like looking off straight ahead and just like like giving like the yep. nonchalant douchebag face and it's just like it's perfect like yep. it's definitely it's working out for him at least i'd say um she was talking about how wayne's listening to christian cage and turns back on darby this isn't like him she doesn't know him anymore blah 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 darby's like a brother to him um nick told his mom to shut up and uh jared told him to be nice uh and wayne said he's always in darby's shadow saying people congratulate darby for getting him there he said he had a new father figuring out one better than his dad ever was um and christian was like are you ready to go son or something like that? <laughs> yeah I, just him even standing there was i was laughing <laughs> the one line is like yeah. it's he's so funny uh nick's mom slapped him in the face and she said she was sorry she slapped nick by the way i don't think she'd apologize to christian no uh they left um then darby attacked them both uh, sending Dar- nick into the barricade uh, eventually the brawl spilled out to the 
uh, entrance ramp. Uh, Luchasaurus came in to beat a Darby. Sting made the save because, again, like this Meet is him. the issue we have. Uh, dinosaur man and a uh, able-bodied teenager, only two years my senior. Uh, they're getting beat up by a old guy. Um, didn't Christian say you should have picked up the phone or something to the mom? Yeah, right? that's what, that, that was out. his other line. That was yeah. a good line. Um, Sting tried to put him in the Scorpion Deathlock. Uh, Christian Belief Shorts made the save, and the heels left. Yeah, like you, I thought Nick looked heely. I thought his mom started out really strong, and then like the slap and aftermath, I thought was like I thought that was okay. They're asking a lot of her, but, but I feel I like think she's overdoing generally it. Generally speaking, bit. for a non nope. wrestling uh, I, personality, I thought she did good. I wonder if because she was married to a wrestling, maybe, maybe yeah, she's done but like stuff. But I thought either, she was either way, I thought for someone who's probably not been around it a lot, is like she did good. And I kind of like I think what I'm taking from Wayne, what he's saying is his heel stuff is that. He's pissed that the narrative is that Darby brought him to AEW. Not right? that he's so that good he, he earned his way. And he's good and he earned a spot. And Darby I think helped for sure, but obviously I think he's got a point. And I think that's a nice, simple story for him to start out with and uh, better than what I expected them. Like this idea of like, dude, like all anyone says is Darby brought you, Darby brought you. It's not like he doesn't know how to wrestle and he's never done anything and Darby brought him in and they're training him like the kid has done stuff. Right, right? and so. all the time he's been... And I thought when he said he's in Darby's shadow, it might be literally because Darby's got like the dark entrance in the spotlight and yeah. then he might literally be in the shadows. Um, I thought he was okay too. Maybe I overdoing thought he was it a bit, but he wasn't bad. I thought um, he performed pretty well for us for forward into the dark side. And I was saying he's probably st- off to a better start than Jack Perry. I thought so. So, um, And I'm saying when Luchasaurus finally does the Batista turn, um, you bring back Jurassic Express. Could be. Um, I thought he worked even when he was just singing silently. Uh, that was really funny. I thought his. Uh, I thought Mother Wayne did pretty good. Um, for someone who probably hasn't performed in something like this a lot, uh, Christian was really funny again. Only like two lines. He's just super masterful at this. Uh, I think this is his calling. If he had just done this more, maybe he would have been world champion more often. Um, Darby went after Nick pretty hard. I thought that was a solid assault. Of course, we end with a sting save because have to. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Grandpa Sting helping us out. Yep. Uh, next we get best friends interviewed. They also have Hook there. Um, Renee asked Statlander and Cassie whether time after the battle of the belts because I knew that was coming. As Trent peels an orange and just drops the peels on the ground, which made me laugh too. Mm-hmm. At least he's not eating the peels. No. Um, Statlander says her title is about great pro wrestling. <laughs> Because that's why Jade held it for like 500 days or something. She's the best. Um, so she's giving a shot to someone who she respects in Willow Nightingale. Cool. Nice. Um, Cassie faces the winner of a Rampage three-way. Um, I wrote, please keep Sabian. So who do you reckon are the other two people who are fighting for a title shot? If you had to guess. On what's the show Rampage. is it on? Oof. I don't know. It's got to be. And Kip Sabian is, I would say, arguably the best bet. Really? Uh, yeah, he's facing John Silver and Isaiah Cassidy. Oh, I would never have guessed those. I would kind of forgot Sabian out of those three. D- Brother Zay, do you mean? Yes. How dare you? Um, what that? Okay, so now that I'm remembering, what? Where the hell did Mark Quinn go? I don't know. Is Private Party just dead? They it. had a lot of problems, remember? I, yeah. And then they turned heel and it ruined everything. And they gave them a win over the Bucks early on. Yeah, and the tag title. Can't tournament. believe I remember yeah. that actually. Yeah, and then like they they were super promising, and I loved them. I thought they were really cool. Um, Mark Quinn especially was awesome. And then remember they turned heel with Matt Hardy mm-hmm. and then ruined everything. And, and they then, were just never the same. That's right. Because they were super. They could have been so much more. They oh, were fun. They were good. 
Um, Cassie says he didn't know what he had with the title until he lost it. Uh, he knew he cared about it, but he didn't know how much. Now that he has it, he'll continue to defend it. He says he looks at the title and sees unfinished business, and on Saturday he has something to prove. Yes, for sure. I, I didn't have many comments no. about this. Setting the stuff that sets up things for shows I don't watch, I have trouble yeah. caring much yeah, about. Yeah, um, I don't sure really care about it, but um, saw a little bit. Uh, Cassie with the bell again makes me happy. Um, I really like the little arc they did with him, just like mm-hmm. kind of coming to terms with what the title means to him, and just like now he has it. Like I like the, the arc of him finally caring about something. You know, yep. it's just it's a nice simple thing for his character yep. uh if he gets another long run again i'd be totally fine with that as long as it's up to the standard and i'm sure they could do it again um and hopefully he drops it to someone who can get that rub yep um next we go to our main event which is the battle royal for a ring weird choice for a main event Very. i guess because mjf is involved yep. commentary and whatnot yeah. right um few notables credit to tjr because i don't want to take notes on a little battle royal yeah. Um, Garcia and Morrison dance battle would have been funny because we almost got that and I was prepared to write about it but it didn't happen and it's funny because MJF is on commentary and he's not a fan of Garcia's dancing I forget what he said specifically but Taz is basically like dude you like do a kangaroo thing like, <laughs> what are you talking about which I thought was a very good point it's a good point yeah um, Dustin Matt Hardy tossed out Morrison uh, Jeff Hardy had a running splash on Menard uh, Matt Hardy got taken out by Hager um, Jeff went down rings and paid off Dustin Rose to hit the the um Shattered Dreams kick in the corner of the juice, which is like the kick to the groin in the corner. So I thought that was kind of funny actually. Um Trent Pareta hit a suplex on Garcia, Dustin hit a destroyer on him as well. Um Trent and Menard exchanged strikes on the apron. Garcia saved Menard from Trent. Uh Trent got eliminated uh by Menard. Uh Garcia eliminated Jeff Hardy. Uh Menard uh stopped his dancing again. Uh Dustin tossed out Menard and then Garcia eliminated Dustin. Then uh, Garcia got tossed out. Um, final two are Caster and Juice. Uh, they're battling on the apron. Uh, Juice got thrown back off the top rope, and Caster had a mic drop. Uh, Jay White came in and attacked MJF on commentary. Uh, MJF turned around and got his belt back finally, but then White hit a low blow and continued the assault and took the belt back. Caster was distracted by all this. Juice hit a ring-loaded punch and threw Caster out to pick up the win, and he'll face MJF for the ring. Yes, this, like, okay, so you're putting together a battle royal. Not only do I know who wins it, I know who the final two are. And then you surround the rest of them with, like, old, old dudes and lower mid-card people. So, fine, if you're going to do that, then guess what? You got to give me some spots. You got to give me some really good action. But there wasn't really any spots or anything. And, like, you need a better field if you're going to main event. There needs to be some justification. And then, okay, so fine. Your last chance is you're going to get the last two guys have a little mini banger of a match. No, they like punchy, punchy on the apron, a couple moves, and then interference, and it's over. So I thought this was super bland. Yeah, mediocre at best battle royal, and I'm just got at least like it gets juice like a prominent win on TV. It I think does. That's, the, that's the biggest positive you can say, really. But like predictable as hell and nothing memorable to be like yeah it was i knew who was gonna win but this and this and this happened so it was cool very very underwhelming main event i thought mm, super underwhelming um knew, you knew where it was gonna go so i guess that's okay uh jay white keeps the belt for now as well yep overall thoughts on this show um really liked penta jay white Really liked um, Fletcher's match and the women's match was pretty good. The squashes, whatever, I don't really care about. And probably my favorite segment, I think, would be Swerve's little bit that he did was really good. The Nick Wayne stuff was pretty good as well. I don't know. I feel like it's a sort of 
B, do I go plus? I don't think so. I'd probably go B at best. Yeah, I'm going to B this week. I thought it was solid. A minus last week, so. Yeah, so it slipped a little, but again, they were stacking things for that That's show. That's true, last so. week was really But it, good. a good show, like I liked yeah. a lot on this show. So It was, it was a solid was show, it, was just, it wasn't as promising when there were only two main advertised matches besides the Battle Royal. Yeah. Like, we got two squashes, which were useless, really. Uh, I enjoyed the opener, and I really enjoyed uh, Omega Fletcher. The Battle Royal main event was mid, to say the least. I thought the women's match was pretty solid. Um, I enjoyed Nick Wayne, uh, his little segment. Um, I enjoyed, what was the other? Yeah, I guess it was Swerve, and I thought uh, Roddy and Cole were solid. Um, Edge was okay, I guess. Sting was just kind of boring. Edge was forgettable long. in his first. Yeah, whatever. for sure. Um and Sting was fine as well. Storm was a nice little highlight, I thought. Um, oh, Don Callis is pretty good, actually. Callis and Hobbs. Yep. Um, this was a fine show. I'd go B, uh, B or B minus, but I'll be a little nice. So we'll go B. Nice. Keep it middle ground. All right, so we're going to shift gears, do a little bit of trivia. I'm going to challenge Jack to some stuff he'll probably know. Actually, I don't know how much you'll know this week. It's kind of obscure, but we'll get to that now in what we call Off the Top of His Head. All right, so this week, what did I call it? It is wrestlers' previous jobs. So before they became wrestlers. It's going to be tough, eh? But some of the clues you'll be able to get. So before throwing on a pair of wrestling tights, this multi-time champion, I'll add a few details to give you hints, first worked as an IT technician. Also, this one's more helpful, worked as a bodyguard for an Irish nightclub where many celebrities would visit. One of those was Bono of the band YouTube. Correct. He was a bodyguard for Bono, apparently, briefly. Uh, good guess. Jo- Jonah? No. Um, champion in both TNA and WWE. Styles used to deliver... Oh, Styles, I just said his name. Good job. Which Styles? Joey Styles. From Joey Styles. No. Sorry, he delivered water for a living. Paid for his wrestling like training that, yeah. by giving water to trainers instead of money. <laughs> nice. All right, this was a person was a pretty big-time journalist reporter for CBS prior to joining WWE in 1997. Joey Styles. As commentary. Covered Uh several U.S. election campaigns, including Bill Clinton in 92. No. He has now joined WWE, where he's been the voice of the company for more than two decades. Cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. He was legit at some point. (laughs) One of the most popular female wrestlers to ever come uh, compete for WWE. Prior oh. to entering the wrestling business, she studied biology and kinesiology at York University in Toronto. Tra- Stratus? Yes. Also uh, ended up working at a re- as a receptionist at a local gym and then became like fitness model, blah, blah, blah. Which they hate. Ah, this guy's been a staple of WWE TV since 2007, but he also used to work for the company staples before he began as a professional wrestler. From his book, his name, Champ of SmackDown, he apparently took a job in the staples advertising department after college. Quit his job to become a wrestler. Mm. Champ of SmackDown. I don't know. Been on since 2007. We talked about him in the news today in a good news story. What was the good news? Where you're like, oh, that's cool. Somebody did something in the country he came from. Oh, Kofi? Yeah, Kofi. 
so this one they actually included in his story uh bare knuckle boxer prior to becoming a professional wrestler corbin known as a champion in europe not corbin he's still with wwe i guess in a commentary capacity right now studied marine biology at the university of liverpool worked in a lab Barrett. Uh, uh, this man, one of the biggest stars ever, before being in the wrestling world, was a limo driver, and apparently a bad one. He revealed he had a bad sense of direction due to growing up in a small town. Oh, I swear I know. Was it? It wasn't Teddy Long. Or no. Uh, why? An all-time star. Also worked as a bodybuilder prior to wrestling. Oh, I know. I, I'm going to know it when I hear it. But He was just on NXT. And we're not a fan. One of the biggest stars ever. Cena? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh. This one, I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, he had a cup of coffee in the NFL. After a great career in college, tried out for the Vikings Jaguars, cut by both. What, played Lesner? For, no. Played for the Edmonton Eskimos. Oh, of the Roman. Se- Correct. You knew that detail? Yeah, I just saw that. I don't remember why. Interesting. Uh, this one was had several jo- odd jobs to make ends meet. Is this still no different one? Okay. Eventually found work as a security guard due to his size. Recruited to be a member of the Punjab police in 1993. Kali. Correct. I just saw a match of him and someone. I forget. It wasn't Mudo. I don't know. It was. I don't remember. But it, like when he was giant singing in Japan. Yeah. The thought of him in New Japan is just laughable. Yes. That'd be, oh my, it'd be brutal. They just couldn't do anything. Even Hogan in Japan, he actually wrestled a little more there. More than North America. Right. But so like, but Kali, I don't think even if he tries. Oh, he's he's just not capable. Right. Yeah. Uh, Major, major star from the 80s and 90s. One of Hogan's big rivals. I had forgotten this. He had a stint as a professional baseball player in the minor leagues. Ended after a few years due to injury. Brooklyn Brawler? No. Brother was also... In, Savage? Yes, Randy Savage was a baseball player. And at some point, I knew that, but I had <laughs> sure forgotten. Sure you did. Did not know this one. A former Olympic gold medalist, but was also a sports broadcaster in the Pittsburgh area. Gable? No. Otis? No. Jason Jordan? Gold medalist? Who's only only two? Angle? Yeah. What? Had to be Angler Stevenson. Oh, wait, he was. He is Pittsburgh, yeah. Yeah. Um... This was interesting because it, it, it'll sound a bit familiar. Uh, joined the National Guard at 17. Failed one of the guards tests due to being colorblind. Hey, oh. Steve? No. As a sign, was assigned to clerical dirty, uh, duty. Sorry, from his book, Death Clutch, My Story of Determination, Domination, and Survival. Major, major star who got like a special contract. All right, Henry? Brock Lesnar. Ah. This guy claims to be a musician before, but he's a compulsive liar, so who knows? Sorry, I'm editorializing this one. Correct! He was not a musician. He was. And one of his famous lies was that he was almost like the bass player for Metallica or something, yeah. which they're like... I, yeah, you know. that article I sent you from World Culture, but that was one of the lies, I think. Uh, this person says he, like, former WWE big man, very big man, worked as a bail bondsman. He would wait outside a bar or someone's house and bring them back to jail for a bit of money. Due to his size, he didn't find anyone resisting. Also worked as a door-to-door salesman. Biggest guy you can think of. Big Bill. 
No, bigger. Big Cass. Bigger. Um, no, he's retired. Big Bronson Reed. He was on. He's in AEW. Diesel. Big Show. Damn it. Do you know who was an actual Undertaker? Kane. Played the character oh, on Bear. TV. Yeah, and actually was one. I feel like I've heard that. That's crazy. I had heard that one Looks for sure. Part. New England Patriots, Los Angeles Lakers cheerleader. Carmella. Yes. Did you know that? I think I just remember like one of the, the blonde ones as a cheerleader. I, I was pretty sure she was. Yeah, but I remember her being a cheerleader. Yes. Played college college basketball, was a pre-med student. Are we talking about the same one? Yeah, no, different one. Okay. Dropped out of medical program and studied economics and then founded his own ticket brokerage in New York. Can't teach that. Enzo? No. Cash? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Large William? Yeah. I did not know any of that. Um, I won't know that one. We'll do one more because it's interesting. Before becoming a wrestler, and this does exist, she was a lingerie football player. <laughs> Member Bliss. of the Chicago Bliss. No, but that's funny that that came up. I don't even know how to give you hints for this. I, I think know. she played Fandango's dance partner. Is that where she started? Summer Ray. Yeah. But that's so weird. Yeah, that's strange. All right, that's good Laundry enough. Laundry footballs. I took a shot on that one. I knew like you might not know them, but if I gave you hints and you, yeah. you'll, it's one of the ones where you learn things, okay? That's not, true. Not so much know things. All right, so we're going to, do you have uh, figuring it out today, by the way? No. All right, so I guess it'll be our final segment where we're going to, this week, normally it's like cherry picking some good and bad things from what we watch, but do you have some raw stuff? So there'll I be. I haven't seen anything, though. No. Okay. So it'll be me mostly going over, I guess exclusively going over NXT this week, but we call it the same segment just for continuity's sake. It's High Spots and Rest Holds. Okay, so NXT, as I said, I'm going to kind of hit everything instead of cherry picking to uh, make up for not doing impact, but I will still probably go pretty quickly. So we started with the, I feel dumb saying this, the bada, bada bing, bada boom, bottle royal. There you go. You got it. Hey, first try that. Love it. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. I mean, kind of. So it's an all tag team battle royal. If one member of your team is eliminated, you're both out. And the final two teams will have a match immediately following the battle royal. So Damon Kemp immediately like seconds in eliminated by Briggs and Jensen. So Tank of, what is it? Hank and Tank. Get sent over the At ropes. least they don't got a stupid name yet. And you know how they have refs on the floor for Battle Royals yeah. to make sure their feet touch? So Tank ended up kicking one of the refs right in the head as he went over the ropes. Uh, Briggs and Jensen were eliminated. At first, it initially, I'm like, man, that's really early. But then the whole match was really quick. So in the grand scheme of things, maybe not as early as I thought. Uh, Booker seemed to make a big deal of it, though. Uh, Holland got a power spot where he's got uh, Blade and Anafe, I think, is one on each shoulder. And he dumps them out of the ring at the same time. Brutus leaps, leaps off of his brother, knocks Gallus off the apron to eliminate them. Um, I, throughout this thing, Tony and Stax are like sitting in a balcony eating pasta, just the most stereotypical thing they could be doing, obviously. Because they'll never escape it, right? In a weird spot that, I don't know, Scripps comes out of nowhere, jumps on top of the balling brutes and um, out the mud and eliminates all of them in what I thought was kind of stupid. Like he eliminated his own team by doing this Brawling as well. Brutes were in this? Yeah. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Um, so the teams continue to brawl on the floor. We're down to four teams. Uh, and then just Alberto Carrillo is just really easily... Humberto? Humberto, sorry. You want to see Alberto Carrillo? I did. Is that it? 
Uh, he's easily eliminated by Julius, and I was confused, but it turns out the ref didn't see it because he was dealing with the brawl on the other side. Um, and so Carlito, Carrillo sorry, runs back into the <laughs> ring, Jesus. and he and Garza eliminate the Creed. So I'm glad it's clear that they're working as heels because I think that's my preferred for those two. Yeah, especially Garza, at least. So we end up with the final two already. Like, it went really quick of Chase U, Garza, and Carrillo. So uh, Carrillo has this... He seats Chase on the apron facing into the ring, but like his body's outside the ropes and then hits a sick running knee and Chase sort of falls backwards off the apron, but his foot hooks the rope. So he's like dangling to the floor and he sold the heck out of it. It looked really good. The Creed's come back. They're mad, right? Brutus distracts the ref. Julius pulls, I forget which one, out of the ring. I saw the clip and I forget too. Chase rolls up the other one and Chase, you win and they'll face the family and they chose to go baby face baby face which i find yeah it's kind of, i probably would have picked lotharios i think the problem is they want to build them to actually be good and they just want a placeholder challenger which is exactly what chase you always do so I guess so yeah but again face face uh they got to the final two quickly uh they did get it quite a bit done i guess like briggs and jensen seemed to have there have something going on with kemp and gulak and dempsey i'm sure the Creed's and Gallus still, the Brutes and Bladen and Afe maybe, because there's something there, or um, out the mud and brawling Brutes. Anyways, <laughs> um, so quite a bit got accomplished. And then the final two, that that match was really good, honestly. Really good back and forth action. I thought Korea and Garza looked really intense and aggressive. And then Chase U are, are really good baby faces to play off of. And then Hudson doing his like just kind of 80s style power guy I like. Uh, really good final few minutes. Really weak battle royal. So I don't know it balances out. I guess. I guess so. One one for each. Short week. battle royal. Good tag match at the end. Um, Davenport gets a little vignette, and she's basically telling Gigi Dolan that she's now more dangerous after Gigi beat her last week. She expects Dolan will take her win and run away, but just in case, Davenport challenges Gigi for Halloween Havoc. Lexus King is mad at his dad pretended to listen to legends talk about how much they loved him and would say yeah i loved him too but he really didn't his dad spent more time in hotels than he did at home again um it's just funny because like i want to distance myself from my dad i want to distance myself from my dad but literally every word i've ever said in my arrival since my arrival has been about my dad i guess got us set the present right. for what he's so all about it's I, I and i get it it's them going we know you all know who his dad is we're not going to pretend it's not true. We're going to acknowledge it and explain it. But it's at like, least they're like, move on, acknowledging it. Yes, it under the rug instead of just like, just pretending like he's Whoa. Lexus King. Right. And you're like, like, at okay. least they're like acknowledging like he's got a relationship with his stepfather. He doesn't like his dad for this. You know, yeah. you know at least there's like kind of something to that. I agree. Carmelo Hayes comes down to the ring and fawns all over Cena and Undertaker. Not that they're there, but just reminiscing about last week. Corbin interrupts him and tells him that the fans belong in the stands and he can't listen to Mello um, go on about them anymore, which I absolutely agree with. I don't think it makes it's a good look for Mello at all with what we know of Mello. Yeah, Di- he's him. Dijak comes out. He sounds awful and kind of kills this segment a little bit. And then, I, like I told you, Corbin mocks him for wearing sunglasses. Dijak says, like, all the showboating and pandering you do won't mean much when you're looking into Dijak's eyes. And then Corbin, I think off the cuff went like, nobody's looking in your eyes since you have sunglasses on. (laughs) And Dijak seemed lost a little bit after that. Dragunov shows up on the Tron, says that Cody made one more match before he left and, or one more change, or I don't know how he phrased it, but whatever, it doesn't matter. And that the triple threat 
for the number one contender is now a four-way and that Trick has been added. Then we get a little bit of a mini brawl, I think it was, and Mello, so it had Trick facing out, out of the ring and Mello's behind him, like crouched down, like Cole's been doing to MJF, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Like I might super kick you or something right here, but then uh, stands with Trick as the heels retreat. So again, they're really like slow burning this story and I like it because uh, the story was Trick had talked to Cena about how did you know it was your time and clearly got advice right, right. Sort of thing, right? So I thought it was cool. I thought Corbin was funny and like what he said was accurate about pretty much everybody. Mello should stop, stop drooling over the legends. Dijak is, his character is really lame and he did say Trick's pants were ugly, which I also agreed with. Uh, and I, I like Corbin's continuing to drive a wedge between Trick and Mello because he's saying like, your friend went into business for himself behind your back and didn't even tell you about it. And it's not untrue, right? Um, Dijak, unfortunately, stuck out like a sore thumb in this, although he makes up for it in the match, I would say. And his Twitter. Because everybody's so... Yeah, that Twitter was... That tweet was... Or X, whatever it is, was better than anything he's ever said. Everyone else is so comfortable and smooth, and then he looks... He just sounds really awkward and forced. Crowd even turned on this a bit, I thought, when uh, Dijak was speaking. Uh, Stratton and Henley interact back in the locker room. Henley's talking to a bunch of other, I guess, younger talent, and it was pre-recorded. So Stratton sounded really good as she does when it's pre-recorded. Um, and I think she and Henley are a nice contrast, right? You've got the arrogant rich girl and the, like down-to-earth farm girl, baby face. So that could work. You know, they kind of did that with what was it? It was Fallon and uh, Kiana. Yeah, yeah, same idea. Carmen Petrovich, Jada Parker, um, Petrovich. It's kind of silly. She wields a sword during her entrance. Uh, third degree black belt with 23 years experience in combat sports. I think the point is since she was a little kid because she's not very old, right? Because we need more swords. Uh, Jada Parker also gets a pre-match recorded like talking head thing. Uh, she seems to have a bit of charisma and she's basically like her athleticism is going to be what wins it for her. Parker's a little bigger than I thought and displayed some good power in this. Uh, Petrovich ends up winning with a submission where she's using her leg to choke Parker. I don't remember exactly what it was. Probably has a name. Didn't catch it. And uh, listen, man, this Petrovich is probably an ass kicker in real life and could probably murder me in a fight. But she's not good at making her kicks look. It's different when you have to pull your punches, yes, right? Yes, 100%. And all of her kicks looked really weak to me. Uh, every single one of them, I think. And that's a the bulk of her offense, right? So this is the second tournament match I've watched on NXT, I think. And I've preferred... I thought the woman who lost looked better than the winner in both of those. So it was kind of interesting. Which is good for the tournament. Right. Natalia's, Natalia's here this week. Didn't get ratings. Can't believe the ratings didn't stay the same. <laughs> Cena, Undertaker, Natalia, what's the difference? <laughs> exactly. Uh, she here, She's here for Tegan Knox, Sure. Since apparently Knox was her, yeah, I'm pretty sure on goes some main roster show. Cena, I Cena, Undertaker, Cody, Natalia, Tegan Knox. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Correct. So it's Lyra Valkyria taking on Tegan Knox. We get holds and counters to start, and actually well done, which is like, which made me realize I feel like I don't see that a lot in women's matches, right? Definitely not. If if it's Deeb, maybe, and somebody else. Yeah, but when's the last time I saw Deeb? Right. Lyra does some really cool pinning attempt. I can't even describe to you, but it was notable. Lyra accidentally kicks Knox in the head. She was doing the, um, the yes kicks. And I think it pretty clearly looked like Knox thought she was ducking for the last one. And so I guess um, right. she was supposed to, Lyra was supposed to kick it a bit higher to miss her. and But she kicked the same and ended up kicking her in the head as she was ducking. Um, 
Knox does hit some cool offense, culminating in a nice cannonball in the corner. We get a molly go round and a somersault off the apron by Knox. And, uh, oh my God, I almost said Rachel again. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven show up because, yeah, I guess, main roster. In their defense, those titles are multi-branded. So at true, least, true. At least That's there's fair. that. Okay, okay. Like, at least I'll give it to you. That. I mean, there, there, there's no tag teams in this match, so it doesn't make sense. No. But... You're just, hey, it's main roster people. They get they ratings. They had interaction with Natalia before. I don't, I, it doesn't actually matter. It's correct. Black Mass or whatever, Lyra wins, I guess due to distraction, kind of. Um, Knox leaving the ring just to yell at two people standing 10 feet away is kind of silly, it but that's, that's what went down. Lyra cuts a promo backstage. Becky shows up on the Tron, talks about how good Lyra is, but Lynch is better. Lynch will need that chip on her shoulder that got her to WWE. Welcome to the big time, kid. Really? Becky Lynch is really, really good, man. You know who she reminds me of? Moxley. Promo solid. Finds a way to put over her opponent. Like, believable. Bleeds every match. Can do different styles, right? So I, I, she reminds me of Mox a bit, and that's a pretty high compliment. Trick and Mello back together in the locker room. Trick wants more gold, thinks Mello should understand that. Mello says he, uh, he actually does apologize for not telling Mello about going sort of to ask for title shot or whatever he did. They seem to be getting along okay again and each say that they're going to do what they need to do in that match. Kind of like, we're always going to be cool, but I get it. We're going to have to go after each other in the match, right? Um, they say they'll always be Trick Mellow Gang. Good chemistry. Again, um, it's easy to believe they are close friends like this. They behave like human beings and it's kind of refreshing. A, it's a surprisingly mature dynamic exactly. for uh, WWE. It's, and that's again, like proof they can do it, right? So when well, we don't hey, get that, it's frustrating. Triple H. Triple H. It's right. Um, Gigi Dolan loves Halloween and she surprisingly, Michaels, surprisingly accepts Davenport's challenge. Does she loved Chucky too or something. He, he wasn't nowhere to be seen this time, thankfully. He it's she not un- Havoc yet. She uncovers the wheel um for spin the wheel, make the deal, spins it, and as we said in the news, it's a lights out match next week, bitch. That's what she said. Whoa. Right? Von Wagner is in rehab trying to like learn to walk um, again, among other things got a big old bandage on his head and he struggles to do simple things like he's trying to just even use an exercise band i think Cal and, and stone is there being super supportive and stone knows that wagner will finish this and so vaughn is like because he's like no i can't do this and then stone gives him a pep talk and he's like back to training you know what i mean that just that inspiration he needed uh vaughn's not a strong actor and him trying to act like he's weak and can't walk was pretty funny actually. wagner is brutal He's okay. He's getting there. Uh, Kiana James takes on Shotzi. Not Shotzi Blackheart, right? Not anymore? Not so, for a while. I don't know if she's had it before. I didn't notice. But Kiana James has like a helicopter in her entrance. It's like, it looks like the helicopter's landing on the stage. And then she kind of walks out. It's interesting. Um, Roxanne shows up near the finish of this. Pulls a brick out of James's purse. So I get, guess we get to see what the loaded purse is all I about. Guess. Shotzi gets the bag. Hits Kiana with it. Then does the Eddie Guerrero thing. Uh, Shotzi sidesteps a tackle from Kiana, slams her to the mat. Shotzi hits a top rope senton for the victory. It was just okay. After all this time, I still find Shotzi clunky. She didn't botch anything straight up, but she's clunky. She's not good still. She's not smooth. No. And Kiana James is decent, but she needs a stronger opponent to look her best, I think. Um, Pretty contrived finish. And we all knew that NXT talent have no chance of winning against main roster, right? Not going to happen. Not even Shotzi. No. Or Tegan Knox. The metaphor with Mackenzie talking about Jakara Jackson being out. Dar's not there, but Lar, uh, Lash has him on speakerphone. <laughs> so he's with 
he's supposedly with uh, Jakara Jackson at the hospital. That's the story they're telling. So you can just hear Dar going through the phone yelling, don't go into the light, basically, which was like acting like she's almost dying or something. And then Tozawa just shows up and says he's looking for Dar. So, I mean, Dar made me laugh just his voice over the phone, right? So that's impressive. And I think Mackenzie is good at dealing with the over-the-top metaphor. She kind of had, like, the look on her face works for me. And then I almost missed it. I had to go back. Uh, this is where we see that Trick has been laid out in the back, not in the parking lot. Surprisingly. For consistency's sake, there, yeah. but in the back. So Quinn McKay, don't even know what her new name is. I have no clue. You can give me a million guesses, but it's uh, Quinn McKay. I know it, too. She reports that Trick has been attacked and has been taken to a hospital. Mellow. He's out of the match, so it's back to a triple threat. So obviously we're supposed to assume it is Carmelo Hayes, which leads me to believe it won't be, and there'll be a swerve somewhere. Um, it's Mel. But I like a mystery, and we have Hayes as a suspect, so I have time for these That's kind dumb, of things. That's dumb, you're dumb. Um, Dominic Mysterio is with Mackenzie backstage. Nathan Fraser attacks out of nowhere. They brawl in front of other wrestlers. Out to ringside, Fraser gets a takedown, followed by an enziguri and a twisting neckbreaker slam type thing. Fraser goes up top to do whatever he's going to do. But Rhea Ripley shows up, pulls Dom out of the way. Sure, fine, whatever. Roxy's backstage with Shotzi. More wheel spinning. Love Roxanne Perez. Devil's Playground match for Roxy and Kiana at Havoc. So Roxanne Perez. Can't wait. Uh, Ariana Grace in the tournament taking on Brindley Reese. So I liked Ariana Grace. She's in the ring cutting a promo. And she's doing beauty pageant person, right? So she's going on about like the just the faux sincerity of like, Oh, you know, I really wanted to get be here and fight, but I guess I'll have to just take my, you know, my buy into the next round. It's too bad. I never want anyone to get hurt, but it happened. So I guess I'll just move on. Right. And then boom. The only lame part was Ariana Grace's music hits. Or sorry, uh, Brindley Reese, the replacement, who no one's ever seen do anything. And Ariana Grace has to, t has to act like it's the Undertaker's gong just went off. You know what I mean? And she's like... <laughs> Like, like upset and terrified. Like, I don't even know what's going on. But anyways, um, Reese also got like a talking head really quick. I didn't think it was very good. She used Mojo's. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. Almost like verbatim. Uh, right. I was like, why? That's not something you bring back. Nah, I think we can leave that. Uh, one thing I liked is Ariana Grace in the middle of the match is attacking Reese and like thanking the crowd as I get. They're probably booing her. Uh, Reese hit three suplexes in a clothesline. Grace goes to the eyes and hits her finisher. I didn't even make a note of what it was. Um, I think Grace seems to have a larger repertoire, and that makes sense, right? Because Daddy is Santino and has a dojo here in right. Mississauga. She's not super crisp, but she's clearly had some training, so I imagine they love her. Robert Stone confronts Braun Breaker for what he did to Vaughn with the smash in the stairs on his head and I whatnot. Did see that, yeah. Stone gets upset and suggests that he have a match at Havoc. So we get Braun and Stone, and Stone can wrestle, and he is in incredible shape. But I kind of am interested because this is just going to be Braun killing him, right, as motivation for Vaughn to recover. So I think that could be fun to watch. Main event, uh, it's the triple threat for the number one contender for um, Dragunov's title. It's Dijak, Corbin, Mello. And this match was pretty action-packed. Uh, there's a really nice backbreaker by, I think it was a Uranagi backbreaker by Dijak early. Mello hits a reverse springboard double DDT that looked pretty good. Uh, Dijak's release suplexes Mello onto Corbin sort of in the corner looked good. 
We get a code breaker by Mello to Dijak, but Corbin pulls Mello off the ropes to the floor and hit a really big Death Valley driver on the floor. Dijak hits a sit-out powerbomb to Corbin. Hayes hits super kicks him right in the face uh, to break up the pinfall. Crazy. I, I actually called you downstairs to watch this 15 seconds. The discus boot by Dijak that Mello sold. Like Flat just, as a pancake. He absolutely flipped completely over. I swear but he I, sold like that in Dragon Isles match. Or but something. at the same time, he looks like dead weight while he's doing a complete like flip over. It looked awesome. I figure it's already a GIF probably somewhere. Amazing sell. Dijak then dominates Mello as Corbin's out on the floor for a while. Uh, Corbin comes back for a Tower of Doom spot with Mello at the bottom. Dijak's Feast Your Eyes is countered into the end of days by Corbin, but Mello kind of flies out of nowhere. I saw the finish. I thought it was pretty good. It looked good. good. So he hits the nothing but net to Corbin and steals the pin of Dijak. So we're going to get Mello Dragunov rematch, which is more than fine by me. I really thought this was a good main event. Tons of interesting action and a crowd that was pretty into it. Everybody looked good, but I actually thought Dijak looked like a force here. And it's too bad his character work is so bad. He needs a manager or something. Like, even Robert Stone would be great for him if they could figure that out somehow. I enjoyed this match quite a bit. It was only 13 minutes long, and they packed a ton in. So I quite like that. Um, and the show then ends, which I thought was a nice touch, because, again, it makes this feel important. It's Lyra in the locker room. And she's got a picture of Becky Lynch and she rips it up saying, your title is mine. And then she walks away and there's a TV screen behind her. And Jade Cargill's just on the screen looking crazy jacked and just tapping her wrist like it's time or something. So I don't know if she's... She's been on... She's all, going after Becky or... She's been on everything, so I don't know. I know, right? Because they are... A, you, this will They're be... milking the... This Absolutely. will be the proverbial rocket strapped to her. Like, not that yeah. it shouldn't be either, because she's perfect for them. But um, I was really happy that Lyra, love. that Lyra got this final segment. I thought it was good. And the match with Lynch is really elevating her, I think. And I think she deserves it because she's cool. And I think they've kind of noticed that she's she's a cut above almost all of the women in ring wise that they have in NXT and probably a bunch on main roster too. So good for Lyra. All right, dude. You're yawning away. We Nuh-uh. still, even though we have talked about way less stuff, we still hit 140 somehow. That's a short one for y'all. That, it is kind of a short one for us, but uh, that is going to wrap up episode 170. So Jack and I have talked about it in our week off. Yeah, I'm going to say break. it so it manifests. Hopefully. What do you want to do? The aim is to get some more of the good gold days out. Yeah, so even or if we record some in the and back release catalog. them. Yeah, like have some in the, in the can so we can release them because we've sort of uh, been really busy. So we should find some time to at least get a couple done as you throw a cup off the table. Anyways, Nailed we it. will be back next week for episode 171 and then hopefully keep an eye out for a good gold day is another one coming out. We appreciate you spending any time out of your life listening to us talk about wrestling. And we will be back here next Saturday. Hope to see you then. And until then, take care.